my name is uh, Johnny Christmas. I'm a writer, artist, known for, uh, for now, Tartarus, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, working with uh, William Gibson on the Alien 3 adaptation, working with Margaret Atwood on um, Angel Capward, and the, uh, the series uh, Sheltered through Image Comics. I'm Jack T. Cole. I am an artist currently working on Tartarus, and in the past I've worked on The Unsound with Colin Bunn and uh, several of my own comics. Awesome. Welcome both to the show. It's really good to speak to you. Thanks for having us. No, it's it's great. Um, you've both you both mentioned some some great names there for for collaborators that you've worked with in the past. Um, I mean, Jack, what was it like working with Colin Bunn on uh, The Unsound? That's that was an awesome series. Yeah, it was a big reason why uh, I was excited to work on the series. Colin is like an amazingly prolific writer. His storytelling chops are really refined, and having working on his stuff was uh, was pretty nice. We didn't do too much in person collaboration. It ended up being primarily through the editors, but uh, also not a bad way to work at all. And he was always available for. Uh, emailing when i needed clarification yeah that's good that's always good to kind of it, it's such a strange world we live in now where you know you can you can do such a, a a such a close collaboration with someone in one way but then actually have no physical contact with them as well it's really strange isn't it yeah yeah but um but johnny you worked obviously with two fantastic authors obviously william gibson and um and margaret atwood as well what what was it like working with them uh it was great both of them were um really great in different ways. Uh, with uh, Margaret, the, the collaboration we worked on was an original um, story, an original idea. So it was much more close collaboration, you know, emailing like, you know, pretty pretty close to daily for the, the entire time of it. So, you know, like a year and a half of, of going back and forth and creating uh, this three book series. Uh, and then with, uh, with, with uh, William Gibson, it was taking his uh, unused Alien 3 script and adapting that and then getting in touch with them and kind of uh, sharing kind of what I wanted to change and why. And, mm. um, and he was just like really great about it. And so it was much more limited, but both very professional and very um, gracious uh, and generous. Yeah, yeah. Both very, um, very interesting and kind of unique projects to be working on as well, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, we're really smart people. Mm, yeah. So today we're talking about Tartarus, which uh, is your new series uh, from Image Comics. Uh, issue one came out today as we're recording this, so February 12th. And I imagine the day that a new project sees the light, uh, it can be quite daunting or exciting. Is, is, is that something that you guys feel? Like, Johnny, I'll start with you. Like, how are you feeling now that the issue is kind of out in the world? <laughs> Relieved. Because, <laughs> 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 you know, we've been... We've been pushing for uh, for a long time, uh, you know, from pitching pitching it to you know like forming formulating the idea together, and then pitching it to Image, and then making the book, and then like going back and forth, and then like trying to shape it into this like thing that you know we're proud of, and then you know marketing it, and you know just on Twitter, just like you know you know buy the book, buy the book, and you know <laughs> and. Uh, you know, getting in touch with retailers and doing this and doing that and the other thing too. So, uh, yeah. so now that it's actually now that now we're getting responses from from readers out in the world, it's it's really satisfying and really 
yeah, I feel really relieved that people actually have it now and people are, are, are kind of responding very nicely from what I can see thus far today. Yeah, just, just a big, big, big sigh of relief. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I imagine. Yeah, I imagine that is like a weight off your shoulders to kind of get it out there. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Jack? Do you, is that something you feel as well? Like everyone can now kind of see and experience the fruits of your labors. Is that like exciting for you? Yeah, definitely. We've had um, the double issue done sometime around the summer a couple years ago. Oh, wow. So, uh, so it's been in the queue for a long time as we've built up other stuff. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's been very exciting to see. And uh, it's odd because on some hands, it feels, in some ways, it feels uh, like any other day. But at the same time, there's Twitter and social media is a flurry because all of the retailers are um, posting it and promoting that they have it. And then uh, seeing uh, regular people be able to get a hand on it is really fun Mm. yeah yeah especially if it's been sat there for like two years while you've been you know you've been off like kind of working on other things as you say like it's it must be difficult for you to to get into the mindset of oh yeah you know this is this is brand new for you know a a lot of people at this point yeah yeah and and uh beyond just uh the the drawing of it we started talking about the idea i think like five years ago so it's, it's so it's been in our in in our heads for a really long time, you know. And it's and, messed uh, up that 2015 is five years ago, but yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to feel what, what that relief now when you're saying like five years like in in the making. I'm starting to feel why you know why you felt yeah. so relief from it, yeah. <laughs> and it's real. It's real now. Like when when I got yeah. the comps, um, I don't know about you, Jack, but like uh, you know, because we wanted a double size issue, and then we put like some extras in it, maps, and you know, a schematic, and and all this cool stuff. So we knew it was going to be big, but like it's it's thick. So it's really impressive. It's not only like a lot of story and a lot of love and a lot of great art, but it's like the the physical object is you know. You can, you know, if you drop this from a great height, you can, you'll, you can crush a bug with it, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's really cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> I could see that being the pull quote on the front of the cover. <laughs> Don't, before you turn the page, you can kill a bug with it. Yeah. Someone I mean, said you had to put a bookmark in to, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, man, I had to put a bookmark in to, to, before I had to come back to this because it was, you know, so much yeah. material. I love that though. I love I love the like this because this is something that is um, it, it's not common, but it's it's getting more popular now where people are doing these kind of double sized first issues, um, especially creator own stuff because you know you're this isn't like you know uh, a, a project that anyone knows kind of any anything about. You know they, they this isn't like Spider Man or Batman or something. This is this is like you're you're selling people on a brand new world, brand new characters, and so to have those extra pages to really kind of get to know this world that you're that you're you're building for these for the readers um that that must be quite um quite a good feeling to be able to have that extra room to say this is this is what we've got for you yeah those were the exact things we were talking about when we wanted to do a double issue yeah yeah like wanted to have like a um we we wanted to because there's this thing where you can there's lots of shortcuts that we can take where we could have like a little caption that says oh you know you know Circa's a real badass, or she's done this and that, or whatever, or or have someone allude to it. But it's different when we can show it, you know. And yeah. um, and it was really cool that uh, 
to be able to take the first half of a giant size, like a double size issue and like focus on, on everything that's going to come after is based on like this. And it's not two lines of dialogue. It's a, a huge chunk of story. So the reader experiences it just as much as, uh, as, as the characters in the story, which is, it's a real great uh, gift for us as storytellers. And hopefully the, uh, the, the reader enjoys it as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, Let's get into the discussion proper. Before we do that, let's break down the like the full creative team. So uh, Tartarus is is written by you, Johnny, uh, with art by you, Jack, uh, lettered by Jim Campbell, edited by Stephanie Cook, and you've got design and logo by Ben Didier and Ryan Hughes, respectively. Um, which is, you know, it's a great team. I know Stephanie; she's she's a great editor, um, yeah. and and Jim Campbell's worked on some some excellent comics as well in the past. Um, but you guys mentioned five years. This, you know, five years it's been in the making. I mean, I'm I'm asking you to dive into the depths of memory at this point. But <laughs> um, but like Johnny, where did the inception of this project come from? Is this a story that's been like on your mind? Obviously, it has been for years now at this point. But years before that, was this something that was playing around with you in your head? Yeah, it started off with the seed of, uh, of the kid of a warlord. Uh, I don't know exactly where that came from, but it was really appealing to me because um, um, I'm sure Jack will tell you the same thing. Like as a, as a you know, creator, lots of ideas like go in and out of your head, you know, on a daily mm-hmm. basis. Like, oh, that'd be cool or whatever. But uh, a lot of them don't stick, you know, um, but this one stuck. So mm-hmm. I wasn't sure exactly how it was going to um, manifest in terms of genre or style or whatnot. But I, I know I wanted to have a, a war story and the consequences of, um, of you know, the legacy of, you know, one of the, the prime motivators of this war. So, yeah, so I was looking at a lot of, um, and then, then stories about, like, people who had these long rambling careers as, like, you know, uh, raconteurs or troublemakers, like uh, the guy John, John Law, who uh, was, I guess, run out of Scotland, became, like, I think he introduced paper money to France, something like that. Like he had this crazy career where he was like half criminal, <laughs> half statesman, half this, half that, gambling debts. He flees France. He's, he's back in Scotland, I think, hiding out. And I think he, he dies a pauper. Like he went from like, you know, uh, low grade criminal to statesman to uh, debtor to dying of some, you know, like, you know, tuberculosis or something, you know, and, uh, yeah, and, and yeah. stories like that are, are so fascinating to me. So I wanted to have this uh, epic that you have all these people who have these, you know, epic lives um, within the context of this story. Yeah. I mean that is I I couldn't I, I couldn't keep up with that life you were just describing <laughs> that was like seven different people. <laughs> exactly. It's the type of life you want to read about but not live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want a nice boring life for yourself but you want to read about someone else's <laughs> crazy life. <laughs> yeah, you just get tired just from reading about their <laughs> yeah. life, yeah. Um and like Jack, how did you get involved in the project? Uh Johnny approached me uh wanting to potentially collaborate on something in the future and we kept talking about it and uh working ideas out and then um basically a week after i had signed on to do the unsound was uh uh johnny had finally been like ready to uh start work on the script so Mm. uh so i was like okay immediately once we're done with the unsound we can we can dive in all the way and then uh while I was doing the unsound, 
um, we were working out the first cover and which is the one that shows up on issue one. Yeah. Um, there were a couple iterations that I did before until uh, we landed on this one. And along with some of the uh, concept sketches that I did to sort of uh, set out a mood for the story. How does this, like, how do you guys approach this, this concept? Because obviously Johnny, you're, you know, you're a creator with many hats at this point and, and, but you, you're mostly known for your art um, in, in comic books. How did you both collaborate from the art and work the art into the story? You know, did you both have kind of like an artist's perspective on this um, or was it, um, or was it a more traditional kind of writer and artist collaboration? Do you feel? Yeah, I would say it was much more traditional. Like I, uh, right off the top, uh, one of the first things I talked to Jack about or told him, I was like, you're the visual boss of this. Like, I don't want to do that thing where I'm, or I didn't want him to feel like I'm hovering over his shoulder. Like, well, I'm yeah. an artist, you know, you know, and then you should do it my way. You know, like I, I wanted <laughs> it to be like, here's, here's like, um, some ideas in the script and here's a, or, or I'd point to some references of stuff that I, I liked. So I'm like, Oh, you know, I like, uh, Alexander McQueen. I like, you know, French military um, uh, uniforms from the you know 16th century, but I just kind of you know I, I'll just like toss that into the the hat and Jack could pick it up if he wants to or not like and um but yeah it, it wasn't all all the wonderful design you see and all the like awesome art and character design and and all of that and backgrounds and scenery that's all Jack like mm-hmm. yeah like you know I'll, I'll put stuff in the in the script as to like describe what's going on and stuff but in terms of like picking up a a pencil and drawing something out that that was not uh, the case was much more traditional in our our case Mm, yeah yeah and jack is that like um is that how you uh, approached it as well like the idea of like the because obviously it can be a little daunting really working with a writer that is an artist as well like did you did you find that you were like the creative freedom you had was was the you know the same as anything? I mean, bearing in mind he is on the call, so you can't bad man. So, you know. <laughs> this guy, I can't believe he's all of my business. <laughs> the one of the uh, big things that when Johnny came with the project uh, was that he wanted to tell like a really solid story and also have it be adjustable enough so that I could take over basically all of the visual direction Mm. um and we had discussed different ideas to take the visual direction of course but after that point uh johnny left it all up to me like with uh for instance alexander mcqueen uh with uh taking some of inspiration from his work i had gone to the library and uh picked up some of the books uh about him and some of the overviews of his work even though I don't think I was able to like fully incorporate the sort of designs in a way that would say Alexander McQueen, like it Mm. did change my idea of fashion and also kind of took the idea of um, what would fashion design and the ideas approaching fashion look like if you take it and applied it to a spaceship or applied it to a building. But yeah, there was also, there's also a great quote in one of the books I read where uh, McQueen, um, the, the suits he made for women, he wanted them to seem terrifying. He like wanted people to be afraid of these women who wore his clothes. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, and additionally, a lot of his work incorporates 
um, his Scottish identity right. and the way Scotland is treated uh, by the rest of Britain um, and incorporates incorporated certain uh, tartan patterns and a variety of other things into his clothing that way. And those sort of political statements were inspiring to see his work and then sort of incorporated that into the visual design. But that's an example of where Johnny had brought up McQueen's fashion. And then we had decided and tried to figure out a visual direction of it and the sort of different spots I took it. Yeah. Yeah. To piggyback on that, it it was cool because in the the earlier designs, you could see a little bit more of say McQueen uh, in it. But then as we kept going further along, it just became more and more, just like you said, Jack, it was more uh, the ideas behind the functionality of the, the, the fashion uh, that McQueen had as well, but not, not actual, not the work looking like his work, but like the spirit of, 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 of play and direction and in, in, in storytelling in fashion into uh, the stuff that you brought to Tartarus, which was like really cool watching that evolution um, of, of you like kind of making the ideas your own instead of making the look your own. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like that. just that one quote alone is super like inspirational, isn't it? I bet you could kind of feel like you could get pages of, of, of styles just from that one idea of just make the women terrifying. <laughs> That's really Another cool. The thing about his work too was... Uh, an emphasis on silhouette and fashion and mm-hmm. silhouette. Um, so that was a big thing. I learned from that, from that direction that Johnny had pushed me into the first direction. Hmm. Have you ever done this kind of um, research before for projects or is, or was this like a kind of a new concept for you? I do a pretty decent, when I'm doing my own work, I do quite a bit of research on different styles and figuring mm. things out. And then, uh with the unsound yeah there was a decent amount of research yeah i actually did a lot of research before the unsound um Hmm. especially since i didn't want to uh regurgitate harmful tropes about people with mental illness or do hackneyed work related to that or fall into all of the tropes with a psychiatric hospital so i was checking out for instance um what uh what modern nurses outfits look like uh, did a lot of reading into schizophrenia and how it works and had a much better idea of um, what those hallucinations are like and um, the origins of that particular variety of mental illness. It sounds super like super rewarding kind of the research that you're doing for the, for the work. Thanks. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, as artists and writers and stuff, we have the opportunity to take knowledge and information that is outside of the general mainstream circulation of information going on and have the Mm. opportunity to do that extra research and to dive into those topics and then break them down in a way that they can be reconsidered by other people. So I think that's part of what research can have a real strong impact with with art. And especially with a project like this, where you are creating worlds and uh, and locations and architecture from scratch, where so you can weave many different influences into a single page or a single object almost as well. Um, and you know, even if you're not explicitly telling 
uh, a story through the identity of the art that you're you're using you're you're kind of weaving a uh, an atmosphere a, a mood or even like a subconscious kind of feeling emotion through through the art yeah i think there's like a great stanley kubrick quote where he talks about tone and mood being the important thing and then figuring out uh the story or the visuals after that based on that tone um Mm. and i agree with that a lot because i think what's fundamentally at there is the tone is the emotional connection that you have and the emotional connection is what allows people to uh be impacted by art and by whatever message you're bringing um and so you could have the most finely crafted message but if there's not the emotional connection it might bounce off of too many people or um, require too much to break down and get to, which media like that can also be necessary. But um, yeah, having that emotional connection is really important. Mm, yeah. And I need a glass of water. Outside. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I get those like flecks of dust in my throat when I'm talking. So yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Johnny, I'll ask you then what's, what's the, um, what's the emotional connection for you? um when it comes to uh when you came to building this project uh well i I thought a lot about family and um and about and about place and the places we're from and the places that we might not want to be from and and you know these um voyages of discovery that we all make as we leave home and go out into the world so when tilda leaves home and goes out into the world she thinks she's gonna discover new things about the worlds and, and, you know, the, the, the universe, but what she finds is something that's entirely, um, unexpected. And, um, and yeah, I, I really connect to that as, you know, I left home, I left Florida and, you know, and, and went out into the world and, and learned new things about myself and learn new things about, you know, my connections to family and what it means and, and learn new things. And so all that to say that, yeah, I, the the emotional through lines the 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 character's journeys are what was like uh, very important to me and that's that's kind of what we that that's what we kind of follow uh, along the story if you'll you'll notice a lot of the world building is like uh it's like emotional world building so like all the other cool stuff that you see we can put all that stuff in and it all serves the story and we have and we know how the world works but we wanted to we didn't want one of those situations where our character looks at the reader and tells them like, Oh, this is the, this is the blah, blah, blah. And it works like blah, blah, blah. You know, like our characters just use it because they live in this world of it. And our reader over time will understand how the world works. And, and, and I don't think we've lost too many people. Like, I don't think we've lost anyone like in the way that we're using the technology Mm -hmm. um, so that we, we can, you know, and a lot of that's thanks to, you know, what Jack's uh, doing on the page where it all feels very natural. Yeah. So yeah, it's all about the, um, that that's that's what was uh, most important for me to tell, and that's what that's what connects with me, and that's what I wanted to um, to to share with the reader. Yeah, and what I mean, we we talked about the fact, obviously, you're writing this series uh, and Jack's uh, doing the art for it. What made this story something that you wanted to 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 take that position on? Like, why why did you choose to to write this rather than to write and draw it, for example? That's a, that's a good question. It, it came out uh, it came out of the same sort of soup of when I was uh, writing Firebug as well. So I think there was like a, a certain point in time where I just I wanted to when I started seeing what this story could be, 
with all the, you know, using Greek mythology as a framework and all the symbolism and all the, like, all the cool stuff that you could layer into this uh, multi-generational space epic story. I didn't mm-hmm. want, this is going to be a real simple answer, but I just don't think, it, it didn't feel like a, a story for Johnny the artist. It felt like a story for Johnny the writer. Like it, like if, like if I was to draw it, it would be just so I could have fun drawing the cool stuff, you know. But it wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't be necessarily the wisest choice, you know. Um, it'd be like, it'd be like self nepotism or something. Oh, you get the job, kiddo, because I like you, you know. But, <laughs> yeah. but I, I wouldn't have been like. But when I saw Jack's art, it was it was a no brainer. Like it, it made complete sense. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, this guy, mm. this is the guy. Mm. And what like what do you think the what do you think the project has benefited or what do you think the project has gained from it being a collaboration rather than a solo project? I'm also back, by the way. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I got a cough drop too, so that shouldn't happen again. There you go. Yeah, no, no problem. Yeah, I think using two brains is is really is really fun. Uh, two creative brains. Um, uh, I think that's what what helps it a lot, and also taking it outside of. Um, I love the idea of like having an idea and, and, and having things work a certain way and then have it translated through Jack's brain and then Jack's adding stuff to it. And it just made, it just made the idea so much more than, than I could have envisioned on my own. I think mm-hmm. um, that that's kind of, that's what I see out of, out of it. Yeah. I think that is one of the fun things with any collaboration is just the fact that you create something that is greater than some of the collaborators essentially. Yeah. And in, with that in mind, talk to me about um, like you mentioned, Johnny, the the influences of Greek mythology, and I, I kind of see that throughout um, throughout the entire first issue. What not with just like the the names of the locations, uh, and but with you, Jack, your art, and the the influences you've you've taken from it there, uh, but also the you know the story itself. You know, it's about uh, about the sins of the parents, kind of impacting the lives of the children, and and the uh, the the weight of legacy, and the you know the the tragedy of you know the innocence kind of thing. It's it is such a Greek tragedy and a Greek kind of epic poem in the making, almost with this with this style that um, that you're approaching. Is what um, what made you want to use those kind of influences? Like, uh, I mean, Johnny, I'll start with you. Like, what was the what was the kind of the the appeal of Greek myth to 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 a project like this? Well, I was I've been interested in Greek myth like for as long as I can remember. I was even on the mythology bowl in in middle school, where we would okay. go and yeah. compete against other schools and you know uh, rattle off facts, you know, and, and try to best each other in, in competition. Um, so I, I was always a team name. <laughs> oh, no, I think we were just named after the school Parkway Middle. Uh-uh. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I that's a, a, Greek, a Greek pun or something. Yeah. Oh, that'd have been awesome. <laughs> 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 oh man, now I'm, I'm regretful that we didn't. Oh, no, sorry, I interrupted you then. Yeah, <laughs> you ruined my childhood. Um, yeah, so uh, having having that background and and that long interest, and and I think that interest fed into my interest in comics. You know, comics have that, you know, very epic style of, you know, these these gods amongst mortals and, you know, these feats mm-hmm. of daring do and sacrifice and tragedy, et cetera. Um, and then, um, but more to, to Tartarus is that I thought it would be really fun to have all these cool echoes to Greek myth, Greek mythological stories that we can, you can 
put into the story to like help shore things up, but also to as fun Easter eggs. And also mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that, you know, was re- really important to me is to have the stuff in there, but not have it, not have it where someone has to leave the story to go check it out. Like, oh, they just uh, referenced some Greek myths from something. I should go check that out so I can understand the story. Like, you don't need to do that at all. Like, like you don't, most people will be able to enjoy the story as it is because it, it does stand alone. But someone who's like really deep into Greek mythology might see, might pick up on a, a thread of a Greek myth from some story, you know, which yeah, is, which yeah. would be like this fun little extra uh, in the story. But yeah, it's just, it's just like, they're, they're some of the greatest stories ever told. So it's, it's fun to use some of the, uh, the structure that, that they utilized uh, in Tartarus. Hmm. Yeah. And Jack, talk me through some of the, like the creative decisions you made with, with regards to kind of like the influences you were putting into the art. We talked about Alexander McQueen earlier as well, but, um, but obviously there's a lot of Greek mythology that, that comes into play when you were uh, designing the locations and the, and the costumes as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, with a lot of my work in general, there's that influence because the big thing that got me into art in the first place was looking through a lot of classical painting, which, you know, through the Renaissance up until about World War II, uh, very frequently depicted Greek myth in a variety of forms. Hmm. And uh, looking through various art books I had pulled off the shelves at the library, uh, I was always very engrossed in that world that was being presented, one that was uh, simultaneously our own and something beyond it. So that influence I've taken pretty much ends up showing up in quite a few places. And another big thing that it comes from is whenever um, I do a lot of observation from life and a lot of that shows up in my work, a lot of the foliage is very inspired by the Pacific Northwest because that's the sort of environment I'm most familiar with. Yeah. And growing up in Portland, I've observed a lot of the buildings and Portland is kind of a weird city because um it's like little pieces of all the places of the rest of the world um <laughs> replicated in the buildings. Like right. I've been looking at some of my favorite buildings and realizing, oh wait, the Benson Hotel that's downtown is the same architectural design of one that I think it's the Astoria Hotel on Times Square. I forget which one exactly, but there's an mm. exact version of that in New York. Same oh, with wow. the bank that I go to downtown. Mm. Um, and the bank that I go to has these huge Greek columns in the front of it and all sorts of mythological figures embossed on the giant brass and copper doors. And there are all these mythical Greek figures that are hiding in the architectural details of Portland. And so that sort of permeation of culture is a big reason why I end up kind of drifting towards Greek themes. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like uh like it's kind of a melting pot of, of ideas, which is which is perfect for someone that wants to be pulling inspiration from all, all places, I imagine. Yeah, and it, it works really well with Tartarus in particular mm. because uh we've been kind of drawing both from Greek and from Roman work. And mm. because Rome basically uh took Greek mythology and said, We're basing our society off of this now, but there are all those extra parallels and different permutations of the way uh, the Romans took Greek culture and then 
changed it into different ways. Yeah, yeah. And I want to talk about the the world building that you both do in this uh, in this series, uh, in, in the first issue specifically as well, because um, there are two main locations in this first issue, which is uh, obviously Tartarus itself and uh, Olympus Station. So, like, talk me through, Jack, some of the like the creative decisions you made with with regards to designing these two locations. Uh, one of the instructions I got from Johnny with Olympus Station was to make it seem very uh very alien so that it would be a pretty distinct transition from the first part of the story into this part of the story and then um the organization and institutions of olympus of having a very distinct look from other things Mm. um so i then took it from the rather uh cramped and chaotic visuals of the city of tartarus and made everything clean. Everything has these big uh, sweeping arcs. I did a lot of research into uh, contemporary architecture. Everything from uh, the modernist movements of the last century up to what people are doing right now. Hmm. And one of the things I noticed in particular with the architecture people are creating at the present day is like the best stuff has a strong emphasis on space. Um, so it'll be like a very, usually very minimalist space that has been sided off. And, uh, then usually there's an installation piece that is meant to be the artwork that accentuates that space. Mm. So I was trying to take those elements and have the inside of Olympus station, have these sort of big statements of space with them while at the same time retaining uh, the sort of military base function that it had to have yeah and that, that's that's the the thing about this this issue specifically is it does um there are there is like a distinction obviously there's a time jump there but there's also a design jump and um an almost a, an atmosphere and emotional uh, distinction between the two halves of the series as well and that was and that was something that came through in the art particularly um as you as you move from tartarus to olympus station building a work like world building or worlds building in this case is is such a, a like I'm, I, can, I can only imagine that's quite a daunting prospect but also it's quite a a freeing prospect as well i imagine for for someone to be able to you know you don't need to be playing in someone else's world you don't need to be adhering to to rules that other, someone else has set up you know you are creating something from whole cloth like so you know how did those early sessions were you know where as you both sat down to to kind of build the world of tartarus uh come together uh it was uh, you're right it is quite daunting because uh at first you, you kind of dive in and like oh yeah i'm gonna have this i'm gonna have that or whatever then after a while you realize after you've taken care of the big things that you have to take care of everything like I remember at one point we had a conversation about trees. Like, do they have trees? <laughs> you know, uh, so just you know, from you know the the basics of like what what is the atmosphere of this world? Like, well, what are the clouds like? You know, what you know. Uh, so it was, um, you know, as a storyteller, you you need to have, or it's best to have a sort of godlike understanding of the world that you're creating. So if it's a family drama and it's uh, a play with, you know, uh, four people, one location, it's best if you know how much change everybody has in their pocket. So, you know, mm-hmm. when they, when they're referring to, you know, 
the family not having any money, like if you know that dad's hoarding cash, like it's helpful for you to when you're writing dad's character. Um, but mm. that's expanded out with Tartarus into not only the the planetoid, ocean planetoid that of planet sticks that Tartarus is on, but it uh, applies to the Baxton Empire and their enemies in the Jurian Empire and then what's going on on the station. Um, mm. And then our, our specific character. So it, it was uh, quite a bit of uh, mental energy trying to put it all together. Um, but, yeah. what, but what really helped was um, seeing what the characters needed and, and using a lot of that as a cue to what the world might provide. And, and then looking at our characters and, and questioning, like, what kind of world would create this type of person? You know, what, what, what kind of world would create this type of person who's this comfortable with this situation? So mm-hmm. it, it was this, um, it was, it was a lot of layering. I, I know that the, the first issue was, was really hard to write. It was very, very hard to write in terms of uh, world building. And um, as we've gone along, you know, um, I mean, I don't think writing should ever get easy because then, you know, you, you, you're fucking up somewhere. <laughs> if I can curse, I don't, I don't know if I can curse. Yeah, you can. It's okay. <laughs> um, but uh but it, it's I, I understand the world more myself now, so it's it's uh, there's there's less questions. But in the first issue, there was a lot of stuff to to hash out and to establish and, and realizing that what I establish now is the way of the worlds. So I, I, I need to be clear about it and I need to be sure about it. Yeah, yeah. And from the like the kind of the grand sweeping decisions and and uh, and like different empires that you're creating right down to the uh to the individual like the the characters themselves like how did you start to start to form these characters like specifically tilda who's the you know this the central uh protagonist at least for the second half of of this issue and then moving forward uh with her i wanted i wanted um i wanted a, a character that would have a very long journey so if we start off with, you know, a potential end of her journey, uh, a, a potential destination would be to be like her mother. That's that's an option, right? So if we yeah. show what that looks like and how terrifying and how feared and how uh, admired by some even, you know, and, you know, this this awesome figure who's fearsome in, a, in an admirable way to some, but in a, in a you know, infamous way to others. And, and have a character who might end up there. And it, I thought it would be most interesting if the character who ended up there started off very uh, innocent, um, mm. who, who didn't have any of the sins of the mother. She, she grew up you know, far away on a different planet, on a farm somewhere. Sure, she was raised by this, you know, Linda Hamilton and Terminator 2 type who was just, you know, like <laughs> training her to, you know, be a warrior this whole time. But she, you know, to her, it was just something that her and grandma do. Like, you know, mm. they, they, they train. Um, but she wasn't quite sure what she was being trained for. So, um, so I, I think that's interesting. So when Tilda does arrive in Tartarus, that there's this world that's built for war and then she's completely not of this world. And I thought it'd be super interesting to watch this person uh, adapt to it. You know, w- w- which things will she assimilate? Which things will she push away? Which things, you know, kind of fit too comfortably to her and make the therefore makes her very uncomfortable like wow this is coming way too easy to me or you know <laughs> with, you know so uh so yeah so even now she's a she's a very interesting character for me to write like i really enjoy 
writing her because everything is a question in her world because you know the world is sure around her but she is not sure of it and and, and her place in it yeah and jack how did you uh how did you first approach designing the character of tilda it was kind of a synchronization of the influences that johnny and i had been talking about and johnny gave me a list of the main characters and i started doing uh the designs on him with tilda i came up with a couple designs and sent them over to johnny and he gave me a little bit of feedback of uh what he was thinking for the character uh until we finally settled on uh what she looked like starting in the first issue and uh even then i was still kind of trying to figure out what was the exact tone i wanted her design to convey Hmm. And so even you'll see from issue two to issue three, uh, there's subtle tweaks in her design as plot events happen and other different things happen that uh, sort of uh, her costume and her demeanor changes slightly. And uh, the latest, the current issue right now, I'm uh, inking issue five. I've added a few more tweaks to her outfit that I'm finally feeling like, like the evolution of her look is uh, where I'm really happy with right now. Yeah, even the even the acting that you're you're doing with her on this issue versus the first is really wonderful to see because in the first one she's kind of hanging out, she's you know things happen and she's reacting, and um, uh, seeing the inks as they come in on issue five. Like she moves a different way, you know, now that, you know, there, there's been a few events between uh, issue one and issue five and, um, and seeing how she embodies her own skin now is, is really interesting and really a real delight to watch. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, definitely. There's been, uh, yeah, some changes with that. And I feel like if we had a, uh, some scenes where, uh, she ends up with some more downtime, yeah, uh, there would be some of those gestures that come back from that old tilled, which would also be kind of interesting just to, I think with the issues we have so far showing this different side of her would be a kind of interesting throwback to the reader possibly because they would have recognized those different gestures she has on the spaceship. Right. It must be, it must be very rewarding for both of you to, to be moving and like evolving kind of characters and evolving the, the world that you're building along while you're simultaneously kind of evolving your working relationship as well because i imagine things like this are becoming easier to to kind of have this unspoken thing between the two of you where like you know tilda's evolving she's changing as a character and and just by the very the nature of the script that you're you're submitting johnny then jack's obviously taking that idea and and running with it so it must be kind of rewarding for you both to feel that back and forth uh, evolving along with the characters yeah, I would say so. I, I'm always, I'm always surprised when when the art starts coming back in, and mm-hmm. and like thoroughly delighted. And it's almost like, it's almost like I had nothing to do with it. I'm like it, it's like a surprise to me, even you know. And, <laughs> and, and I wrote the script, so it's 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 um, so it's really delightful. It's just it's it's uh, so rewarding and so cool to see you know these things interpreted in a certain way and, and watching the watching the story unfold as it's as it's being you know drawn is is really awesome which is um you know like if we're we're excited about it i think that's a good sign i'm, I'm hoping the the readers will be 
as we as we go along as as we're um getting excited that hopefully they'll be on the same ride as well yeah yeah well i hope so too yeah the i mean the first issue was was fantastic i'm looking forward to uh, to reading more from it and and to kind of going on this journey with you both yeah we hope to to keep you with us on this journey <laughs> it, goes, it goes in lots of really because uh, you know one of the one of the things we really wanted was that every issue was like a really cool issue a, a reason to leave home to go to the shop to get the issue so yeah. um yeah so we so each issue is like you know like you know momentous and it's you know a lot of cool stuff going on so i i, I i'm really excited for the reader to 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 have that feeling we want them to have that feeling where they're like oh i think i think tartarus comes out today you know it'd be yeah. that, that would be the highest compliment so that's that's what we're yeah. aiming for Awesome. Well, well, thank you both for joining me. This is uh, this has been fantastic to uh, to get to know you both and to get to know uh, your process behind Tartarus as well. It's been uh, it's been wonderful to chat to you both. Matt, thanks for having us on, Matt. Um, so, uh, Tartarus number one is out now. Um, Tartarus number two uh, comes out in March sometime. Is that right? Yes, I believe March twelfth, if I'm not mistaken. No, some somewhere around that middle of March. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, thanks for joining me both. That was great. Thanks so much, Matt. That's the issue is part of the Multiversity Comics podcast network. You can find this show and plenty more at multiversitycomics.com. You can subscribe to the show via Apple, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, please consider sharing this episode with a friend. The show is on Twitter at That's the Issue, and I'm on there too at Matt Loon. Finally, you can contact the show via email at that's the issue podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.